0: I'm walking in the direction of Croke Park. Hundreds of thousands of you every year take this walk in your county colours to the home of GAA, and you walk across the top of Mountjoy Square, uh, past the houses, and invariably you miss a house number three. It's now the Dublin Adult Learning Centre. Previously, a hundred years ago, it was at the centre of the decade of change in this country the decade of the formation of this state. Every name that we think of in our history lessons, from De Valera to Collins to Arthur Griffith, all worked and hid
1: in this house. Yes, it was only after Michael Collins was shot, wasn't it, that it all went from hewa That was a terrible shame because all the women adored Michael Collins, apparently. (laughs) He was very handsome, apparently.
2: (laughs) It took me a year to get to the steps outside. And when I did get in, I sat at the door and saw all the faces and all I wanted to do was just run.
0: as we go in, we're going to meet Mary Marr, who's in charge of it today and we're going to meet Simon Walker whose grandfather, Walter Cole lived in this house and was pivotal to all those great events in this house.
2: All the artists have their own key. This would have been their basement.
0: This would have been the escape route. And is this why the the house became so important in terms of the doll sitting here? The first doll was banned by the British government and became an underground parliament. Down to my grandfather and Arthur Griffiths, you know. Because Walter Cole had founded Sinn Fein along with Arthur Griffith, and Arthur Griffith practically lived here in Number Three, the first doll met several times in the house.
3: The large dining room on the first floor could accommodate everybody in the doll, you know, and that that was key to it, you know. Everybody, everybody, yeah. They would all come. About 40 of them, maybe, around that big
0: figure. <laughs> Standing in the hall of number three, Mountjoy Square, you're in a 3D book of Irish history. Look up, and on the ceilings, you can see the elaborate stucco work from the original wealthy Georgian owners of over 200 years ago. To your right inside the door, the reception desk of today, welcoming students who missed out In an overcrowded education system.
2: Not
1: too bad.
0: On the wall opposite the reception desk, there's a picture of number three's last private owner, Walter Cole. For whom this was not only a family home, but also a safe house, a meeting place, and an arms store. Old King Cole, as they used to call him, because you know he was well into his fifties and
3: a good friend of Arthur Griffith's. His father was born in Dublin and went to Liverpool to work on the railways. Walter was, was very much interested in Irish culture in Liverpool and was a member of the Liverpool Irish Society and he went to art college there. So it was a short hop so to speak to come back to Dublin which he did in the 1880s and he kind of thought he would never be a great painter so he went into business and opened a fruit stall in the market which is still going to this day. He married my grandmother.
0: He was 60 and she was 20. And also, remarkably, one of the children born in this house, Pauline, is still alive. Yeah, she's uh, well into her 80s at this point.
1: Well, there was just lovely furniture and lovely, lovely silver and the thing I still love, porcelain, and lovely china and all that kind of thing. And it was all part of that sort of scene. But a thing I always remember about Mount Joy Square, there was chandeliers somewhere, and I used to have great fun. They had to take these little glass things separately, and we had great fun looking through them because it made the stairs. That's another thing I have to tell you about, beautiful Georgian stairs. They made the stairs like one, however way you look through the glass, and I can remember enjoying doing that. I'll show you, I have these little photographs here. That'll tell you how, how old I am. That was our nurse, and look at the outfit.
0: Yeah, straight out of Downton Abbey, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely,
1: yeah. Now there's Papa, see? And then me, look at me. He thought the sun, moon and stars shone out of me. That's what I was always told.
0: <laughs> and what did he call you?
1: He called me Paul. He didn't call me Pauline, he used to call me Paul. Paul? Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm. Did you have staff in the house?
1: did, yes. You know, cook maids and that, in those days you just did, yeah.
0: And how would you be called for dinner and how is there, was there... No,
1: there weren't any of that. That had gone by the time I was, I okay. was around really. We just had a cook and a, a maid and whoever was cook.
0: And what, she'd shout, your dinner's ready or...
1: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> no, I don't think she would have shouted. Nobody Pauline, shouted.
0: your dinner's ready.
1: <laughs> Nobody shouted in those days. <laughs>
0: And where would they live in the house?
1: I suppose they lived downstairs. Like, I can't remember. You see, you didn't sort of see them much or anything. No, I'd never been downstairs. Never.
0: To the basement here of the Adult Learning Centre, this is where the canteen is, and this is where students come when they want to experience what's known as taster classes because the whole idea here is of welcoming people into the learning centre and encouraging them to actually participate in education once again.
1: I found out I was actually coming for the first day. but I remember going to Mass, 8 o'clock Mass that morning because I was dreading meeting the lady that was to teach me. I I was praying that she'd be all right, that she wasn't going to be an ackee woman, you know what I mean? And it turns out she was a very nice person, and that I would learn to read and write. And the first two books I read so far, the first one being John F. Kennedy, and the other is President Mandela. They're the opposite. One had the, the wealth, and the other struggled for it it was a great two great stories were
0: they the first two books you ever read they were the first two books i ever read i never read comics or anything like that growing up as a child so they were the first two books and you learned to read here number three but what, what can i ask what a, what age are you michael i'm 61 so you were 61 when you read your first book
2: 61
1: when i read my first book
0: So we're coming out of the basement. This is the basement where Polly, I presume your mother was the same, Simon. Yes. Polly was never in when she was a child because it was down to Abbey. This is the kitchen's downstairs.
3: What's interesting too is that this hallway, like you can see the width of it, which is, you know, probably Mount Troy Square is probably some of the widest uh, scale buildings.
1: To the left would have been the study, Papa's study, and then the dining room. And then on the other side, where that desky thing is, there was a lift.
0: That desky thing is called reception.
1: (laughs) Beg your pardon. The reception. (laughs) That's how big it is. The beautiful reception area (laughs) that they now have.
0: This would have been
3: really treated as a room. Because remember, in those days, it was all about how much heat you
1: could get. And I can remember them playing cards. They used to have parties and things. And I can remember them playing cards in the hall. I have
3: photos of 12 or 15 people in the hallway, some of them sitting on the stairs. And they're all playing cards. And they've all got blankets over their knees. <laughs> but they're in the hall. They're not in the good rooms. And that's maybe a Particularly, kind of an Irish way to use a house like this, too, isn't it? That yeah. you know, that this kind of And who would those five or 15 people have been? Well, they would have probably certainly been Sinn Feiners and maybe a few from the markets as well.
0: The heavy hall door is a big brass plaque saying Dublin Adult Learning Centre and is painted a cheery sunflower yellow, welcoming. Back in Walter's day, that front door wasn't so welcoming to everyone.
3: The house was raided constantly by the police, who at one stage cut a hole in the front door. There's a story um, about it having to be repainted seven times within the space of a year from the police attacking it with, with, or the military as they were known, attacking it with hatchets and rifle butts. They were rounded up too, and Walter spent six separate
0: spells in prison in England. The hall of number three Mountjoy Square is full of posters and leaflets. They're about adult learning and talks and events taking place in the house. Just to the left, as you go in the front door, is another doorway leading onto a short corridor.
2: And I think this was kind of Walter's like sitting room. And we have it as three offices, but it was one big room.
0: Pauline remembers that doorway. She was a child in the 1930s when her father Walter Cole was in his 60s. The doorway was into his sitting room and one day she recalls taking a deep breath before
1: going in. It was an ad in a paper. It was a summer dress, it wasn't a a sort of party dress or anything fancy like that. I just fancied that I thought it was lovely. Anyway, I remember getting up my courage to ask if I could have the dress. And who did you ask? Papa, yeah.
0: Did Papa ever say no to Paul?
1: Uh, I don't remember him saying no, no. But I don't remember asking for much either. Well, tell me about getting up the courage to go in and ask him about this blue flower. Yes, because he, he would be in his little studies. He was on the left of the of the hall where you go in. In those days, he would have been sitting at his desk. And he was. He always had lovely, you know, those chains with a watch or something, fobs. Is that what you call those? And he, I think he wore dicky-boo things. Anyway, I, I got up my courage and asked him and he always gave me lovely hugs, you know, he He he, he was he was huggy. <laughs> he wasn't sort of a distant father. He was very nice and warm and and uh, kind, kind man And I think kindness is one of the greatest virtues in life, isn't it really? And anyway, of course, I got the dress and I thought I was just divine in the dress and it was blue flowery, it was a flowery dress. Did he say yes right away? Oh, of course he did. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely, he gave me a hug.
2: And that room there, which we can have a Papa, quick look Papa,
0: Walter Cole's sitting room, had a connecting door to another larger room.
2: The drawing room. That's a, that's a classroom, just showing. Uh, okay. Chair, C-H-A-I-O.
0: CHA Nope. C H A I R. We have that. Day. Day.
2: Day. Day. So it's an adult literacy centre. We cater for adults who um, have problems reading and writing, and we offer tuition from one to one individual tuition for people who cannot read or write at all to a FETAC level five. It took me a year to get to the steps outside and when I did get in, I sat at the door and saw all the faces and all I wanted to do was just run and you you just persevere and then eventually you'll say to yourself, hang on, we're all in the one boat," and you meet lots of friends and lots of people. It's oh, Very nice and friendly and all. I'm very
0: helpful and the, the tutors and all the students and all as well. It's very helpful as well. What does number three mean to you? It's a great place to come to. Great for education. Like I came back here four years ago and I'm working at the moment. I'm going to get a job over and doing modules for the care of the older person. And uh, only for this school, I wouldn't be doing. I wouldn't be where I am at the moment. And what was it like walking up those steps there? Frightening. But um, when you watch it in the door very warm welcome, and actually the people in here, they're all very good, because they're, they're all in the same boat as you, they all help you. They want to do, uh, do things, make things better for themselves and for their children. And that's right, really now I have six children, so I couldn't do any homework with my children, so um, I'm a big the teenagers now, but I have grandchildren, and I can read stories for them now and stuff like that. We're on a journey now through an old Georgian house on Mountjoy Square, Dublin, number three. It's a journey through a house, but also a trip through Irish history. Our guides are Mary Marr, who runs the Dublin Adult Learning Centre, which uses the house now. Also, Pauline Cole O'Kennedy, daughter of the man who used to own the house, fruit merchant, Republican leader, Walter Cole. Walter's grandson, Simon Walker, is also taking me through the house. He's the keeper of Walter's family archive. And we're climbing the grand staircase from the entrance hall.
1: A thing I always remember about Mount Joy Square was how lovely it was to walk up the stairs because you glide, you didn't walk up. You know, normal stairs you have to climb up. You know there's a saying, you climb up the stairs. Well, you don't do that in those Georgian houses. You kind of glide. They're, they're beautiful, the stairs.
0: That's called, you know what that's called? Someone no. Someone else said it to me recently. Really? It's called the going of the stairs. Well, there. And the going of the stairs in Georgian houses were specifically made to... For the glides up, yeah. There. They're brilliantly proportioned. Well,
1: they were beautiful.
0: You would have even felt it coming up the stairs there. It makes it really easy to climb stairs because they're at the exact yeah. level of the footfall. Yeah, an optimum pitch yeah.
3: of 31 degrees.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you do in real life, Simon? I'm an architect. Oh, funnily yeah. enough, yeah. yeah. But that is, that is called the going up the stairs. It is, it? yeah. Because yeah. they're lovely here.
1: At the top of that stairs, there was this old beaded curtain, we used to call it. It was, um, instead of sort of doors, I suppose, it was like an uh, old-fashioned kind of bead. It was very old-fashioned. It was almost like a sort of, um, what you'd imagine a fortune teller's place was like. Uh, but anyway, o- off that was this loungy place.
2: It's a library now, it's our resource room that the tutors and students source all the books and then we have little rooms off it and they're little tuition rooms for students and tutors who work in one-to-ones.
1: And at the back of that was this little, what we used to call the breakfast room, but it was really our dining room in those days because the dining room was huge and we didn't use that really only on special occasions really. You see, it was wartime when I was mostly there. And I can remember my grandmother with the glimmer man. (laughs) She was always being caught making cups of tea with the glimmer man.
0: (laughs) And he'd knock on the door and run in to see how the the gas cooker went (laughs) on. Again,
1: this room, lovely fireplace.
2: So obviously this was one big room that's been subdivided in three. On the fourth floor, the school and his office is offices looking out
0: onto Mount Chai Square.
2: This is our ESOL office. We teach um, English to speakers of other languages.
0: Walter and the Sinn Fein guests were using the house while breaking the mould of Irish politics. But according to Simon, these two hundred year old Georgian houses like number three also broke the mould. You see how large the windows are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean they're they're, they're nearly 14 feet high,
3: I would say. And people don't understand this about these Georgian buildings, but when you look at the front walls of the square, they're load-bearing walls um, because the floor joists are bearing onto them. So the windows are as large as they can possibly be, and that's the principle. In other words, it's only the amount of masonry that's left, the brickwork that's left, is the absolute minimum that's required to hold the building up. Essentially it's a modernist idea which maybe people would be surprised by that actually these buildings were striving for something quite radical in their day, which was the maximizing of the the amount of window that they could get. And and even today, I mean, if you propose that window, I mean, in my practice, if you propose that window to a client, they'd they'd be shocked at the size of the thing, you know.
0: Did you have a playroom in the house?
1: No, we really played in the ballroom because the, the, there was a very big long couch on the far side. When you went into the ballroom on the far side, there was a big long couch, and it was all full of our toys, dolls, and you know, fluffy animaly toys. I remember them being all along that couch and and skating.
0: So you skate in the ballroom of this house? You could skate. It you was so big.
1: Yeah. What's your We memory weren't of meant that? to, of course, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> and what
0: would you be doing? Skating
1: up and down? Yeah, yeah. You know, roller skates. That was the only skates there were in those days. There but weren't. the room was so big it could give you a, a oh, spin. Yeah, it was a ballroom, Joe. I mean, it was big. But <laughs> well, now it's a classroom. Yeah.
2: Okay, what have we Flip, flop, flip, flip. flip.
1: FLOP. First, uh, if, FLIP.
4: FLIP. FLIP. So the first yes. two letters in both? FLIP. Perfect, Justin.
2: F-L-P. FLIP. Oh, FLOP. Anybody want to try and spell it?
1: FLIP. a okay. very nice sounding. Flop. FLIP. Oh, it's IP. I put e. I put O. <laughs> 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 F-L-P. Flip flop. Mm. All right.
4: Very good. I wear like flip flops in the summer. Perfect. Perfect. Will we use that sentence, Mark? Yes. You wear flip flops yeah. in the summer. Very good. Perfect. Okay. You wear flip flops in the summer. But what wear are we
1: going to use? Wear right. Close. Okay. Very close. W E A R. Perfect.
0: There's a couple of ironies here. One is that Pauline's playroom, the ballroom, is now used for learning, whereas Pauline had to leave home to learn to the Dominicans in Wicklow at an incredibly young age.
1: I was sent to boarding school when I was six.
0: The other sad irony is that while the adult students in the ballroom
1: seemed to be enjoying themselves in number three, Pauline's own schooling wasn't so happy. I hated it too, which wasn't to have... But I made my first Holy Communion in Wicklow, and I remember my father and grandmother coming down for that. Because my mother had gone off to Japan. One of her sisters was getting married, and she went off to Japan. So that was really why we were sent to boarding school. And did your mother ever come back from Japan? Oh, she did. (laughs) After about a year, though, she took a long time to stay in Japan. She loved traveling and, you see, she was so much younger than my father that he was awfully good to her, obviously let her, spoil her rotten, let her do whatever she wanted to do. So, but we were still sent off to boarding school. I suppose the house seemed better without us or something.
3: on the second floor, yeah.
2: It's the second floor, and this would have been the bedroom area, and the ceilings are lower, the rooms are smaller. Again, we have a computer room and a classroom, yeah. and this was the room that was kept for Arthur Griffith, because uh-huh. it was a curfew, and again, the location was ideal. When he couldn't get out to Hoth, he used to stay here. Yeah.
3: When, when Griffith and Dev were both staying here, Arthur Griffith would polish his own boots, but Dev would leave them outside the door.
0: <laughs> were there stories of the fact that Michael Collins, Arthur Griffith stayed there quite well, a lot? There were
1: stories of Michael Collins because he was very handsome apparently and the ladies used to talk about him and I, I think I met Kitty Cannon at one stage and I can remember a lot of talk about all that time <laughs> Is it where he stayed in your house he must have stayed in Arthur Griffith's room because that would have been the, 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 the room where they, it was marked out for those sort of people to stay in maybe I I honestly don't know and where that. did Kitty Kiernan stay <laughs> that's another question <laughs> uh, I don't know but she apparently didn't accept him for a while
0: was he a bit of a rogue I wonder
1: I suppose he was, sure. All men are rogues, Joe, aren't they? At <laughs> <laughs> some stage of their lives.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. The next floor, as you go higher, the rooms get a bit smaller.
0: And there's a photograph of Michael Collins on the wall again. Is that just studying him generally, Mary, or because of the house?
2: Um, well, we, our students love history.
4: There was a talk on Mohammed Ali now last night, a great hero of mine. And I've been to history classes, local history, ancient history. I got thrown out of education when I was nine. I had a row with a priest and uh, I just said, I'm not listening to this nonsense, so he threw me out. I swear to God what I just said, I can't believe in the devil. And you'll burn and you'll do this. Oh, I thought this is horrible. And I just said I couldn't take it, I was frightened, I I could see all the little girls, the little girls was what what happened, the shoulders were going up, and the body language, and I looked and I thought everyone's frightened, and I was brought up with the love of God, not a fear of God, and I said you can't have a good God, you'd make a devil, and then he said who are you, and I said I'm Terry Smith, he said stand up, so I stood up, and then he said get out of the class, so I said I'm glad to get out of the class and that was it really and once you fell out with a priest then you fell out with everyone my whole family did so none of us could read and write properly but i, I, I after years and years then I, I broke the ice in liverpool and then came here and i've never looked back and it's a whole new world opening up from the bottom of my heart it is and you can see it in the people's faces it's wonderful
2: go up to the top of the house. Um, and they were the girls' bedrooms. When Pauline lived here, that was her bedroom. I can remember
1: that very well, my little bedroom. It had the house that Jack built in a little frieze all the way around. Snow white bedroom furniture. That would have been Regency and those masses of that, because Mummy had about uh, one, two, three wardrobe sort of things, and then in the middle of that was a sort of dressing table and mirrors and stuff. But my bedroom had a, and washstands. You know, in those days you had marble top little washstands.
3: It's a fairly battered photograph. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, and there's Walter. Griffith and Dev in the front row. Oh, yeah. And that's Michael Collins there.
2: That's on the roof.
3: That's the roof, yeah.
0: And where's the escape route now that Arthur Griffith and Collins and Dev would have clambered up?
2: It must have been there. Oh, yeah. I see it, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 There's a
2: Velux window there, but it was a roof light that you could just push out and you could escape out that route.
0: And then they would have got, got up into that valley's so though, the valley, any, Anyone basically could have handled it one yeah. That yeah, climb yeah. was easy, and then yeah. you were onto a flat roof, yeah. effectively. Yeah. Eventually, the hostilities ceased and the treaty was on the table. Walter, like everyone else in his position, had to make a choice. He chose to oppose Dev and go in favour of the treaty. You know, after things settled down, after the during the years of the
3: Free State Government he continued to advise them he was on a Senate advisory committee Mm -hmm. on on forestry and the rest of it but he died then in 1943
1: he had a heart attack It, it was terribly upsetting because you see he died terribly suddenly and I can remember the hush in the house that something awful had happened you know And then the next morning we were told, and... uh, And where were you when you died? I was actually at home. It was Easter holidays. Yeah. But I do remember my sister on the stairs outside the bedrooms crying. And I remember joining her. So what age were you then, Pauline? I was 10. I was literally on the stairs, just sitting. We must have been told. Perhaps we were on the way to bed or something. And uh, that's what I remember. And that's as vivid as if it were yesterday to me. I can still see mum sitting there. You know, it's, a, it's extraordinary how vivid that is. And then the, the kerfuffle, because it was a big funeral. Yes, in Gardner Street. You know, that nice Jesuit church there? It's just around the corner from um, Mount Joy Square. And that I do remember, the hush. And uh, everybody said, Dev is here. I can remember, it was like a whisper that went around because he wasn't really expected to go. Uh, What was the house like after the funeral? It was terribly dreary, terribly sad, and terribly, you know, empty, obviously. It was, it was just a different place, really. Uh, and then, you see, we were packed off back to school again. And I remember being, being very upset, really, uh, when I went back to school. But... Because
0: uh, you would have been on your own, as such. Yeah. Some years after Walter's death, his young widow, Morris sold the house to an order of nuns according to his wishes. Before she finally left the house, Maura sent for her daughters, Dorothy and Pauline.
1: My mother asked us to come up from Wicklow, from school, to choose something that we'd like from the house. And I chose this hideous little um, sort of... Uh, I, I, the best way I can describe it was a, a little China girl holding balloons. <laughs> now, can you imagine, out of all the wonderful things that were in Mount Joy Square, <laughs> that was a thing I thought I'd love as a sort of memento. So that'll tell you the age I was, really, at that stage. I suppose I, 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 when I came up to choose them, it would have been before we'd left, because we didn't leave till I was about 14. But then it got it, it, the whole area got so tenementy, and it was dreadful. In the end of our days there, the tenements were so filthy, and I can remember the dirty curtains. You know, they were kind of grey, it's, it's where they had been white at some stage, and dusty, nasty looking. You no, know, wasn't nice really. This is where you need your oxygen tent, or as we it, the gal.
0: Number three was a home and is now a school. Like a home, the school has a rhythm to its year. The taster students come in the summertime. The regular students come in the autumn. And at the beginning of June, well, we all know what happens in a school at the beginning of June.
2: I've just done my leave insert English. Um, yeah, I found it okay. Very prepared. The two were here, and she prepared us a lot for it. So. Today was the comprehension part, so it was essay writing and then answering questions on the text they gave you to read, so, but we have done so much practising and preparation for it that it was quite easy. Hi, how are you? How's it going? How did you get on? Terrified. Did you finish all the sections? N- or? I didn't know all the sections. Yeah. How many sections did you do? main ones brilliant. and bits of the element. oh brilliant well that's good I'd say
4: I
0: might just about pass but I'd be, I didn't do as good as I thought I'd do and uh, i done the three sections I was supposed to do but after that I just panicked after that I just lost it I just I don't know what i done it's not like
4: being back at school like we'd done a relaxation beforehand it helped us focus you know totally relax Basically, as she said, close your eyes, of the paperwork, focus, the answers, everything,
0: just, everything, everything, I felt, couldn't, I'm over the moon now.
2: <laughs>
0: and what would Papa think now of
1: the house being
0: such an important educational Well, he'd be institute? delighted,
1: he really would be delighted now. He, honestly, Joe, he'd be absolutely thrilled to bits about that, Yeah. You know, to think that he was so talented in his art, Then he ended up in the market, which was, you know, so different from anything he would have uh, And he was a great reader, because he was a great intellect, really.
0: So Pauline left number three, Mountjoy Square, when she was 14. She didn't see inside the house again until a few months ago.
1: Almost 70 years.
0: When she was invited back by the Adult Learning Centre.
1: My instinct when I went in was that the whole house seemed much smaller. And then what I did discover that all the back part of it, sort of kitchen and breakfast room, that area, that was totally different. You see, when I remember it as being wide like this, but it was all so narrow. I
4: sort to remembered nothing from school. You know, I know I I was in school, and but you wouldn't remember a poem or a book you read in school. You would just. But now, you just, appre- you just appreciated every book you were handed and looked forward to reading it, you know, as an adult going back to school. Maya Angelou was just one of my... It was a very sad book. It was, I Know Why the Cage Board Sings, brilliant book. And Denise Levertoff, What Were They Like? It was about the Vietnam War, It's absolutely outstanding. The Road Not Taken as well, that was another poem, which was very good, which path do you take in life, sort of, you know? That was another very good one.
0: Number three, Mountjoy Square, it oozes stories. The next time you're in your county jersey and heading across the top of the square to Crow Park, stop a moment outside. Look up at the roof and imagine the first TDs, Eamon Devalier and Michael Collins, Arthur Griffith, clambering out of skylight as the police charge the front door. Look at the first floor and recall Pauline and her sister roller skating in the ballroom and finally looked down into the basement where the new students calmed their nerves over a cup of tea. Many of them haven't been in a classroom in over five decades.